My guest today is Luke Scooby Hewitt. Luke is a health and safety officer that lives in the West Midlands area of England and along with myself is a member of the Berserker Beards Club. Today we're going to be discussing Scooby's early life, his education and career, as well as the many uh, health battles that he's gone through, all of which he's won decisively. So if you would, please join me in welcoming my friend and yours, Mr. Luke Scooby Hewitt. And we're live. Hello. Hello, Luke. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very good, thank you, brother. So, a bit of housekeeping. Thank you for doing this with me first. Uh, I know it's a bit... Well, anything new is a bit nerve-wracking, isn't it? And especially something like this, where it's going to be out for general consumption. It's a bit nerve-wracking, but we're here. Yeah, no, nah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me on, man. No, no worries, man. You're the, perfect, you're the perfect person to have on, mate. Absolutely no doubt. So, I guess we'll, with any good story, let's start at the beginning. Tell us about your early life, your upbringing, how that was for you. Uh, well, fairly unspectacular, in, in fairness. Mm. Um, pretty standard working class background, working class family. Um, the area of Birmingham that I'm from, you couldn't tell by the accent. Um, place called Chalmsley Wood. Mm-hmm. And at one point, that was like the biggest council estate in Europe. Yeah, okay. So uh, the reputation in and around Birmingham is that it's quite a rough place to grow up. You, you don't want to go there after dark, that sort of thing. Oh, right. <laughs> that, that sort of, it, it's got that stigma attached to yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like I was yeah, I mean, born we've... and raised here and I've never had no issues. So. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I come from like what you like a quote unquote council estate. Um, and obviously they get this stigma attached to them, don't they? There's some sort of boogeyman area, do not. But like, you, like I'm very much like you, brother. When I grew up, uh, grew up all the family together, my mum and dad and all my brothers. Um, no issues at all. Like I said, we yeah, exactly. quote unquote grew up in a rough area, but we never had any issues. We got The house got burgled once. Trying to, I think that's about it in terms of like our area and everyone was saying that where we live in Crewe was quite rough. Not as rough as some of the places in Crewe, but where we were, you know, and I didn't just didn't see it. It's it's not like today, man. No, I mean, no. I mean from my point of view, I think I've got a bollock nicked out my shed. Yeah, just like petty uh, shit, like my, that that's my personal experience and it can happen anywhere. Yeah. Um saying that, a lot of my mates have been robbed at yeah. North Point um, sort of as got jumping ahead as I got older I was at parties where there was violence and stuff um, but I don't think that's uncommon no definitely not no especially with if you were if you were around a group of lads your age especially when you're 13 14 15 like your formative teenage years bro the fucking testosterone's just through the roof everywhere you go I remember oh, dis- I remember distinctly like going into like parties in high school and you just there immediately with your, with your chest puffed up like now if you look yeah, go back a- if you go back and look at those days me personally like i'm five foot six i'm fucking tiny i uh, i had no business puffing my chest out to anyone back then but then you, but you did it and that's why you, you do know. don't you <laughs> yeah it's, it, it's insane like what you think matters when you're a kid i remember i don't know if this is a similar experience for you mate but i remember when i was at high school 
especially the last year, it was so fucking impressed upon us that you got to do well in your GCSEs. It, it like really hammered it into you. You've got to do well, you've got to do well, you've got to do well. And I found in all of my working career since then, it's never come up once. No one... No, exactly the same. And for us, it was almost all impressed on you that it was you had to do well in your GCSEs. You had to go to get some sort of further qualification, yeah. like your A-levels, B-techs, whatever, um, to, to escape, to escape the area. Yeah. And when we had careers days at school, we had... Uh, it, it wasn't uncommon kids saying that their career prospects were going down the job centre and signing on the doll. Yeah, fucking hell. Or becoming a drug dealer. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Out of interest, you know when you were at high school and you said about careers day, do you remember what job they said you they thought you'd be good at doing? Oh, I ain't got a clue, mate. Do you want to know what mine was? I remember it crystal clear. So you fill out this little application thing, don't you? Yeah. And on yeah, mine yeah. it said that I should be a, secure, a, a prison guard. Not a million miles away. Not a million miles away from what I ended up doing, what I'm currently doing now with security. But yeah, they would say it was on mine. It was, yeah, you should be a prison guard. And I had absolutely no inclination to do that whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> I don't like... Exercise for a yeah, bro. For like, yeah, it's just so... I mean, when I was at school, I don't know about... Did you have any sort of plans when you left school? Did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you were at that point of leaving? No, not at that point. I mean, I was interested in like, media studies. Right, okay. Fair. Mainly because like, I, I loved film. Yeah, same. I loved, See. I loved film, I loved magazines. Just like consumption of media in general. Yeah. Um, and I suppose like, the, the dream at the time was to end up going to like, a film school. Oh, yeah. And studying film. Um, or, or going into journalism. Oh, okay. What any Most specific branch of journalism? Sort of, come to yeah. So, would there be any sort of no, specific, any sort of specific branch of journalism you were thinking about? No, not really. I don't think I got far enough down the path. To yeah, just really sort of like game. an idea fermenting. It was just a sort of teenage pulp dream. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's interesting because when I was when I was getting ready to leave. The only subject I paid any attention to or really put an effort in, honestly, was drama, because you could fuck okay. you could fuck about, you could be someone different. You know, back in in high school yeah, when yeah. you had all these cliques and you had all these get groups or whatever, you had back then you were assigned a role within your group, weren't you? And obviously, if you were like yeah. the leader of the group or the second top boy, whatever it was, but when you went into drama, you could be someone totally different and be. You know me, bro. I'm about the most ridiculous person alive. So you could be as ridiculous as you wanted to. It was just another area to escape. So yeah, yeah. like not to me or no. And I did, I did really quite well in that, and I was feeling it. And I remember speaking to like the school officials towards the end, and they're like, "Oh, what do you want to do?" And I says, "I said to them, well, if you'll take me, I'll want to come back and do drama in sixth form." And they said, "Yeah, we'll take you on." So I go back to my mum and dad and uh, tell them what's happened. So, you know, I've had this chat and my dad just flat out, wasn't aggressive or wasn't horrible, but he was just flat out basically like, that's not happening. You're uh, you're going in the army or you're getting a job. You need to learn how to pay bills and be responsible. 
Now, at the time, here's me, fresh out of high school, going, what the fuck's a bill? What are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> Why have I suddenly got all these responsibilities? And at the time, I remember being very, very, very resentful against him because it was sort of like, you're not letting me do what I want to do. It was the first time I'd really felt that. And obviously, as a, a teenager excuse me, shit like that hits you really hard. You know, the classic, oh, fuck you, dad, all that. But now, That's it. as an adult... Well, I, think, I think it comes from a place... Um, no, my, my parents were all supportive for like, all the media studies thing. Mm. But all you're saying, always drama, it's a dos. Yeah, you get, you just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, when I was doing it as an A-level, one of the modules was like video games. And like, at the time, I'd go in for my first class Friday morning finish go to my mate's house we'd walk down the pub mm. spend the day in the pub then be back in college at 2 o'clock for the video game module and he was just playing on the PS2 yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like why, why would you study anything else yeah true but, uh, yeah um, but, but, but yeah it was like, uh, there, there, there was supportive in that respect uh, in all respects in fairness yeah um but it, there was always that pushing for sort of wanting to get a, like a quote-unquote respectable sort of job. Mm. I understand not, that, not, yeah. Not being a parent in general, you want your kids to do better than you've done. Mm. Yeah. So then it was like, like, try and get an office job. Something that you, you're not going to come home stinking like oil and grease or a factory when mm. you're coming home. Yeah, fucking hell. I hear that, um, bro. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, I've been into it for a while. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was I was all in at that point, and then when he said, no, it's not happening, that's it, isn't it? Um, and like I said, to come back to it, I did feel very resentful of him at the time, but now, as a quote-unquote adult, uh, I, I see I, I see the move, like, uh, there's a, I've heard about this thing that they talk about over in, like, uh, Narcotics Anonymous groups and Alcoholics Anonymous groups, and it's yeah. basically, like, the idea is play it through in your head. So, I, th- I think I can see it now from my dad's point of view about playing it through my head with me. So here's me, a young kid who clearly hasn't got an idea of what I'm asking him to let me do. And I'm basically, like you said, I'm letting him, I'm getting him to try and give me permission to doss about, playing fucking dress up and doing mad shit with my mates, acting like all these mad characters. But I'm not one of these people who say life isn't fair. I say life is life. And part of it is that that's my dad's one of his really like impactful lessons to me. And it, it's no, you won't get to do what you want to do forever. Here's the harsh reality of it. You're like a bucket in the fucking face, like a bucket of water in the face. It's just right. No, you need to go on learn now. Like you're at this age now where it can go one or two ways for you. You can be a fuck up or we can get you in a job, get you learning about your own money, which I think it's insane. Schools don't teach you about. There's not one class in school that prepares you or even teaches you about council tax, national insurance contributions, tax itself. Nobody sits you down when you're a kid and says, right, when you go work, you think you've earned this 100% of the pie. Wrong. We take this off, this off, this off, before you even see it, and then your tax comes off, and then what you're all left with is that. Very, very, very poignant lesson he taught me early on. Remember your first paycheck that you get taxed on? Because like I was, I was working straight out of school, like part time. Yeah. 
uh, and being a what classed as a full-time student at the time, um, didn't get taxed. And I remember the first pay slip I got that I'd been taxed, and so fuck. Mm. Like, where's, where's all my money gone? Yeah, I remember that. It's funny the things you remember. I remember that specifically with me. So, didn't go in the army because I'm like, I don't want people shouting and screaming at me. I knew, even to this day, I'm not the type of guy who can put up with that. I get quite emotional with shit like that. And it's one of them yeah. where some dude's screaming at my, in my face. I can't see past what he's trying to do. He's, they're, they're trying to break you down and build you up. I just see it as some fucking random screaming in my face about something I don't really care about. So yeah, the yeah. army was never an option I'd, for me. I'd have been the same. I'd, yeah. I'd have been the same at, at one point in my life. Never yeah. an option for me, man. Fully fully respect people who go in and serve. And I think I'm one of those dudes who's got like military envy. I'm quite mil- envious of guys of you here yeah, who've got yeah, these yeah. fantastic careers and have had these, you know, have done this mad shit and have done, well, on, to me and you, unimaginable things and it never gets a second thought and like we were saying with life man it's not fair but life's life and unfortunately for us yeah exactly bruv and as part of us well with the with with humans in general from as far back as we can remember till right now what we're still there's wars going on everywhere so we're still fighting people what nothing what's really changed well it's the weapons that people hold yeah that's what's changed that's all. Yeah, we we've got better at the, wiping the, each other the reasons out. Reasons, yeah, as well. The well, going to war. Yes so, and no. Yes and no. Because over the years, I've just sort of come to the conclusion that the world in general, it's just like a big game of monopoly. It is, isn't it? It's like risk. It's like yeah, the no, game risk. Real. Like, <laughs> nothing's real. A lot apart from the individual level. Yeah, definitely. real. It's all things that humans have made up and decided. Oh, yeah, these are the rules. Mm. It's like we've this past twelve months with COVID. Oh, the economy's ruined, and it's always it, this might be maybe naive and not really understanding economics as well as I think I do. I don't think anyone understands economics. I don't think economists stand understand economics, mate. It's all no, just no, fucking. If, if the world economy's fucked. Why can't we just turn the clock back 12 months? Why not? Just say, like, yeah, we'll, we'll go back to how it was just before the pandemic. We're all in the same boat. We're all fucked. Mm, definitely. Let's go back and just, just reset it a little bit. Mm, you can't have that, though, bruv. Then, that's, that's... then the conspiracy theorists in oh this starts to come out. And... Yeah, I mean, it's. I think in times, like, especially like you said with the pandemic, I think it's only done wonders for conspiracy theorists. I mean, I've got people who I work with, people who I class as friends, who yeah. sort of give me shit because I've had the first uh, vaccine jab. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, you chipped. And I'm like, well, that's funny because I didn't see a chip in the bottle. I didn't see a chip yeah. in the syringe and I don't feel a chip in my arm. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, it's yeah, a, yeah. And then you get there. I understand the timeline of it. Like, oh, how how weird is it that you have this pandemic? And then... X amount of months later, a vaccine comes out. Bruv, how about if you want to fucking take it, take it. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. Yeah, that, that's my point. I mean, I've I've not had mine. And I think the people that are talking about Bill Gates wanting to microchip you and that, 
you, you've got your phone in your pocket all day long anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think I don't think it's done any favours for people that have got legitimate concerns. No, not at all. No, it's I made vaccines because if you, like you, you're looking sort of like the again conspiracy theories terms mainstream media, there's no one that ever questions the vaccine. No one that's allowed to sort of ask any questions about it or to even criticise it or put it in a negative light. Mm. And that, for me, sort of sets alarm bells ringing a little bit. It's like, well, why can we only be positive about it? Why can't people that have got legitimate concerns raise those concerns? Yeah, and you know what? I'm all for that as well. Straight answers. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Transparency is key. And like I said, I'm in the, the camp of I've had the vaccine. Now, me personally, my reasons for getting it done... As, as stupid and asinine as this sounds, it's just to get things moving again. I want to do, this yeah. is a tiny little thing that I can personally, I've got control, I've got dominion over my body and what I put in it. So, yeah, exactly. like I said, well, like, whether it's naive or not, I feel that by me doing it, it's I'm one of the people who now, right, yeah, you're in the pile, you're in the figure of people who've had it done, you're yeah, helping yeah, yeah. move things along because like even little things like, when's the last time like you went on holiday? Not exactly. Like, do you are you do you normally like with your family? Do you normally try and get away at least once a year pre pandemic? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I fucking, mean, I, I had two, two booked for last year. Yeah, I had two weeks in Mexico booked last year. It was going to be perfect, but no. Yeah, especially for guys like us, working guys like us, it, it's one of the main things that we can look forward to for us. Yeah. Obviously, you go with your family or your partner and your kids, and you've got to do bits and bobs. But you know that when you get to that destination, there's going to be a chair your fucking name on it and a cold beverage yeah. and usually a nice looking lady serving it to you as part of the hotel exactly staff. Exactly. What's wrong with that? Well, then I think that, that ties back into that whole sort of education thing and, and slightly into the conspiracy theory sort of stuff. Okay. Into, for me, I feel like the, the, the everyman, the sort of the your normal person in the street like Dave, Dave the Bricklayer. Yeah, yeah, Dave the Bricklayer. You're given just enough to keep you satisfied, mm. but enough that you'll miss it if you lose it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a brilliant way of getting people to stay in the lane. Yeah. Give people enough to lose. Def- oh, 100%. I mean, the last couple of years, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that. FOMO, fear of missing out, it's rampant with everything now. Yeah. Everything, every fear. Any event that happens, whether it's in the news or whatever, people jump on that shit now. Yeah, yeah. They have to be informed. And if you are just going about your everyday life, taking care of your family, getting shit done, let's be honest, I haven't really got time to be sitting down worrying about the news. I might put on, if I'm on my phone, flip BBC News on it and taking a shit or something, but other than that, I'm not one of these people who's going out there hunting for news and things that I can jump on. It's just... No, you drive yourself mad doing that. No, exactly. Oh. You're just going to... Everyone's depressed as it is. What I'm saying, why fucking depress yourself enough? Don't get me wrong. Don't bury your head in the fucking sand. You have to go out and you have to be aware of what's happening. All I'm saying is fucking yeah. limit it. I think... No, a lo- exactly. I think and a I lot think of us... Like that as well. It's, it's that sense of belonging... I mean, I don't know about you where you are, but I know certainly in my neck of the woods that that sense of community that you're just seeing like 
the 60s, 70s, 80s. Oh, it doesn't exist. Even even for the night, you haven't got that. You haven't got no. that community anymore. Doesn't exist so, whatsoever. Here's here's an example. I'll give you a good example. The, so yeah, when I was growing up, this is an example of what I like. This is like community sort of parenting. I I think it is. So I saw a guy, and he was playing out on the front of his yard with his. It was his sister or his cousin. Either way, this girl was a family member. And they were messing yeah. about, and he clipped her around the back of the head. And this woman, who's out there in front of, comes straight out. What do you think you're doing? Don't ever hit a girl. Boom, clips him around the head. Because back then, if he ran home to his mum, oh, Mrs. Williams has just hit me. What did she hit you for? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I slapped Carly's head. Well, boom, don't do that. Bruv, if you did that now to someone else's child... Even if you like know them, you're going, mate. You're on. You're off. You go in jail. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's it. And and the mad thing is, like me as a parent, like I'd I'd be the same. And it's like what I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, sort of, for want of a better phrase, like simpler times. Much better. But if anyone made their hand on my kid, like you, you're going toe to toe. It's going off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, oh, I mean. It's, like I said, it's just weird in a way how, like... I mean, because me and you aren't that dissimilar in age. We're quite similar ages, so we've got similar experiences yeah. like that. And like I said, for, I I still struggle. every Well, when I think about it, I still struggle to comprehend that that's where I grew up in. I mean, back when them, that was when you had fucking dial-up internet, man. Remember yeah. that shit? Dial-up internet. If someone went on yeah. the phone in your house, you got cut off the internet. Yeah. Kids, and what, they've got no fucking idea, pal. Mini disc players, look that shit up. That's all I'll say. Fucking hell, that's a throwback and half. Rough. Mini disc players. Just, just hurry up and invent MP3s, which they did, but still. I remember MP4s as well. Oh. It was like an MP3 player that you could play a video on. And this was before YouTube, so if you, fuck knows where you got your videos from. Yeah. I mean, what was, what was life like before YouTube? I don't know. You just get sent links on MSN Messenger yeah. by your mates. The most right, yeah. Most of the time, won't even load up. Just like the oh, most exactly. random shit ever. I think as well, a lot of it, especially you'll you'll probably know, especially with your like what you do with your job. Like back then, when you're like a teenager, you believed a lot more of what you were told. You didn't yeah. question back then. You really didn't question even because you didn't have Google, aka the bullshit meter. Because yeah. if your teacher was there spewing a lot of bullshit at you back then, you had no way of coming back at them with oh actually it's this whereas now like you imagine your 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 son if some teacher's giving him a load of drivel he just pulls out his phone like, actually no yeah, you're wrong bollocks. you're wrong mr teacher like that that power that we've got now it's 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 amazing compared yeah, to yeah, no, compared to now i mean just all these mad stories you'd hear back in the day of people. I mean, if you're around like martial arts, like me and you have been, you'd always hear stories about these dudes who have got 150 street fights, 200 street fights, and they've won every single one. Back yeah, then, yeah. back then, no way at all of confirming that unless you fought them and fucking smashed their head in. But now, yeah. we're like, okay, few clicks, and we've got you. No, you haven't done anything. Turns out no, there were... no, there's no hiding. <laughs> yeah. There's no hiding. There's no hiding. Everything, it's, everything's online and it's there forever. Yeah. So we've covered like your real life in school. So, what in terms of favouring education, 
what's your background there with like college, university? Yeah, so um, finished finished school. Uh, was in college or sick form uh, for less than twelve months. Studying media again. Mm. Um, again, an excuse to fuck about with cameras and stuff. And it was all provided for us. So yeah. Do you, do you still mess around with like digital media and stuff in your spare time now, or are you just now focused on your health and safety gig and your family and that? Uh, no, I don't really fuck about it that much. Yeah. Got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a lot of free time anymore. No. Um, Even with a pandemic in it, it's mad. Well, that's it, yeah. If you're in your house all the time, every job that you've put off doing, well, we're doing it now. Yeah. Fucking hell. Enough DIY coming out of my arsehole, mate, honestly. Well, that's it. Being cured made a killing, man. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing as well. What did you think about like certain shops that were deemed to be essential? Like a B, like B and Q. In my, in my opinion, it, it should have been like a, a full lockdown. Yeah. Sports Direct arguing the toss that they can that they should be able to open because sporting equipment's essential. Oh fuck off, man! Sports yeah. Direct. No one's going to Sports Direct to buy serious gym equipment. No, of course they're not. I mean, well, you can't even go out and play football. Well, this is it. Ten of you yeah, can't get... Ten, literally, right now, right ten now. of you cannot yeah. get together and go and play football. So why do we need a store open where I can go and buy a football gear? Because I can't play football right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. so... It should have been a, a full, proper lockdown. Um, we'd have been out of the mess yeah. a lot sooner. I've heard, I've heard people talk about that before. Um, I can't remember where I heard it or saw it, but one guy was basically saying he was of the opinion that he felt when it kicked off, England should have just gone into lockdown, complete lockdown for about three months. Shut everybody. Yeah. He was saying shut everything. Close the board. Do basically what, like what New Zealand did. Close the yeah. borders. Close everything. The only place that needs to be open is to get food and stuff. That's really it. And then it's just, right, we're in it together. Hunker down and let's just get through it. I think where well where we England did go wrong, these lockdowns. I mean, uh, I saw a report on BBC News the other day about uh, some minister was saying that now they've shown that you know our second lockdown that everyone was really up in yeah. arms about that it was basically unwarranted because when they put us into lockdown, it was already too late. Yeah, well, it was too late, and it was a more relaxed lockdown than the first one. Yeah. Could still go out to restaurants. Could yeah. Still go to the pubs. He was like, "What? It, it's not a lockdown, is it?" No. <laughs> you and know then, what I mean? Yeah, and then obviously, then people said, "Obviously, people have been cooped up. You give them the freedom back, and obviously, everyone goes out." But as we know, as we're as we're learning, if loads of people are in a big group together, that's not really good. Now, no. loads of people in a group together outside, not too bad, but. Yeah. Unfortunately for myself and especially you, we don't live in a nice sunny climate, do we? We live in old nah, grey Britain. No, this is it. So this is it. we get what, thirteen, maybe fifteen days of half decent sun a year tops. Well, that's it. Although saying that, the, the first lockdown last year we had some banging weather. Did have some banging oh, weather. Oh you shit, you know months. what I remember that, yeah. Yeah, but that was weird though, wasn't it? Because it was that, like you said, we've just all been locked down and then boom. Yeah, some come out, cheered so, everyone up. Yeah, <laughs> and then you saw everyone in the parks just like not giving a fuck. 
like yeah. what what pandemic. Like, it's nice weather, man. Let me be outside. I felt I felt sorry for the police and all that, man. Imagine having yeah. to go to people, especially if you're like an all right on the level guy, and you're having to go yeah. to people. I'm like, would you please go home? And you're like, bro, fuck you. <laughs> Everyone's been locked up for how long? You're not gonna go home anywhere. But they've got a job to do. It's a difficult job, man. Got a lot of respect. For yeah, them, man. Like. I wouldn't want to do it. That's the thing, isn't it? With police, a lot of people are very easy to shit on the police. Yeah. But the second, the second, anything goes wrong, police, police. Oh, I'm phoning the police. Like they won't take ownership of their own life enough to sort things out on their own. But it's yeah, all right to start calling these. Especially in the areas that we grew up in. Police is like a dirty word. Yeah. Done yeah. To a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, the small I town I'm from. Trying to fort, do you know what I mean? Oh no, yeah. I mean, even the small town I'm, I'm from, from, it wasn't. It wasn't a career that you heard a lot of people say they were going into. It just wasn't. No, no one really wanted to be uh, join the police forces. Obviously, it's a bit different from where you come from because you're from a fucking one of the biggest cities in England. Where I'm originally from is a little town, like it's nothing. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like I said, I think especially. In our areas, our working class areas, like you were saying before, mate, I think it's not expected, but it's sort of put upon guys in the north that we're going to be doing practical stuff. Like you said, getting grimy, being an engineer, you know what I mean? Being a, a mechanic, being a bricky, a sparky, a plumber. Yeah. I think that's more put on us. Uh, our, uh, our brothers down in the south, they uh, historically, I think... From well, from people I know who've come from the south, they get to have the bit more uh, loftier careers. We're we'll have to get their hands cleaned. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. Wet shirts with white collars. Exactly, mate. And then they're saying that fucking it's grim up north. It's not grim up north at all, mate. Beautiful up north. Best people yeah. ever for from up north, mate. You know, I don't know why it gets so much shit. Yeah, I mean, we we're going to be biased because we're both from the north, but still. I don't understand why why we get so much hate about it. Like, I just, there's everything you can do in London, you can do here, and it's cheaper. Yeah. Well, that's it, and it's, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if England's unique in that respect, that we even hate ourselves. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> Everyone Rough, hates yeah. the English, and the only people that hate the English more than anyone else are the Scottish. <laughs> yeah, Scottish or English people. Yeah. No, I agree right, with that, mate. If, if you're from up north, you don't like southerners. If you're down south, you don't, don't like, like northerners. northerners. Yeah. Everyone wanted to climb only <coughs> to Midland because it ain't south or north. And then you got Cornwall that's just off on its own. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, its yeah. Everyone's going down there to surf and shit when it's decent weather. It's like, okay. You, you do what you... Yeah, yeah. Cornwall's wicked, man. Love Cornwall. Yeah. See, I'm one of those... I'm quite... I hesitate to say this. I'm a bit stuck up when it comes to holidays. I'm one of these guys that, if you say to me, I'm going on holiday. Oh, where are you going? Oh, we're going centre parks. I say, you're not going on holiday then, are you? To me, a holiday is you leave the country. So I ain't got a problem with it. Obviously, you do what you want and everyone's situation is different. But to me, if you're like, oh, we're going to Cornwall for two weeks. And if I turn around and say, well, I'm going to Spain or I'm going to Mexico... Thailand for two like that's an actual holiday isn't it but you're yeah, right yeah. No, look, I know where you're coming from for me it's more uh, I'm going to sound like a right swag saying this but it's like the vibe you get 
Right, okay. No, it's not, man. It's, it's how you, it's your experience. It's like I said, my experience is I wouldn't do it. I understand why people, for me, I don't know. That's my prejudice a little. I just think if you're going to go on a holiday, it's like, it's a holiday you leave. It's, it, for me, it's about the ball ache of getting up early, slogging yeah. it to the airport, being at the airport for fucking nine hours longer than you need to be. Why do, yeah. why do I have to be there four hours before? It takes fucking 45 minutes to get through to the gate. I'm... Yeah, no, I know where you're coming from. That first pint in Weatherspoons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, the five o'clock pint in an airport, Weatherspoons. It's yeah. it's degeneracy at a, a new level, especially if you're not a degenerate in terms of alcohol like me. I rarely drink, but yeah. you best believe if I'm going on holiday, I'm in the bar. I don't care what time it is, and I'm having a cold pint because it's my yeah. right as a holidaying Englishman. No, 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 I know where you're coming from. Like for me though, like the thing that I like about holidays in the UK, um, like I've, I've holidayed abroad as well though. Like, mm. um, was when my son was younger, didn't want the hassle of having to take him on a plane and flying places and stuff. Yeah, it's easier to you, know, you start going on holiday for your kids. Yeah, that's what I mean. I can't really say shit like because I don't have children. So for me, I haven't had the sheer frustration it must be of getting a child on a plane. And then making them. I mean, I've you've probably been. I've been on planes myself with babies, and I'm like, why the fuck have you bought that baby on this plane? Yeah, I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> Bro, you know what I mean? Last time I was <laughs> in Mexico, there was about six babies on the plane, and that's like a, a good ten and a half hour, eleven hour flight. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm a fully grown man, and I don't want to be on here for ten and a half, eleven hours. <laughs> I was some little yeah. kid who doesn't know what's even happening. You know, like, their ears are popping and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. <sighs> I do find, like, sometimes in the UK, it's a bit depressing. Like, with, with Cornwall, every, in fairness, every time I've been, I keep banging on about Cornwall, but been down there, weather's been absolutely banging every time I've been. Yeah. And it's almost like a slice of what life could be like. Do you know what I mean? No, I do actually, yeah, because I, I, I would get that a lot. The country, but the pace of life is completely different. Mm. It's just more it's relaxed just in general. So relaxed, and yeah. it's just like, shit, man, like, what, what's stopping me from living this sort of life? Mm. No, I get that. But then it's when that's like the ideal version of it, isn't it? But then when you come into, right, especially for our career professions, it's like, right, well, can we do what we do down here? Well, that's it, yeah. And most of the times in these relaxed, you know, not not well relaxed, chilled out more places, yeah, it's not as I grow, is it? You don't nah, need nah. you don't need a team of bouncers everywhere. I mean, where I live in Stoke, I mean before the pandemic, they had bouncers. It might be where you are in Birmingham, mate. It's like you had bouncers on the taxi ranks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just people waiting to get in a taxi on the way home, but because it would there'd be that much shit caused there. There'd be eight bouncers there. Just watching people yeah. get intact, like, I just think it's insane. It's crazy, man. And like it's you awesome. said, you go Cornwall, everything's relaxed. Fucking weather's all right. Get an, get an ice cream in you. <laughs> That's it. Happy days, man. Yeah, man. Get, get, get the wetsuit on that you can't fit into anymore. Get the surfboard out. I can't quite reach the zip on the back. I've never worn a wetsuit for that reason. Oh, no, until, I, I, until I feel confident not, enough, <laughs> until I feel confident enough that I can, you know, fully reach the zip at the back. Yeah, I mean to be fair, they've got a little tassel on, so you can you can fish around like a fucking. Yeah, but you're you're like a normal sized, regular sized person, mate. I'm 
fucking tiny Tim over here. Look at my little fucking... What's the dude from Scary Movie? You know, the janitor. What is it, Hanson or uh, something? Yeah, I've got little yeah, Hanson yeah, arms, mate. mate. I'm not reaching back. No zips over here, bro. Got, got your strong hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ain't even got a strong hand anymore, mate. Fucking on. So, one of the things we talked about in your intro was, um, obviously, several health issues you've gone through in your life. You've, you're quite unique in that way, mate, in that you've been through a couple of different things and they've both been quite intense. Um, not really easy way to dive into it. It's just tell everyone like sort of no, what you, what you've been through, mate. From the beginning, you, I suppose. Yeah. Um, this was like the so, main reason I wanted you on, by the way. So just so everyone knows, is why we've slowly gotten into it. We've gone through fluffer stuff, but now this is the core of why I wanted Luke on because Luke's been through some mad shit and has come out of it, which obviously we're all going to talk about now. But yeah, yeah take yeah, it so, away, mate. Uh, as, as a child. Well, it started when I was a kid, to be fair. Um, got uh, I was diagnosed with something called Kawasaki disease. Cow never well, heard of that. No, nah, I've got to be honest. Like, even I ain't too sure what it is. Mm. can affect your heart, though. I think as, as you grow, it can affect your heart. Right. Um, but I sort of outgrew that. Got over that sort of thing. Um, don't really remember it. I was that young. Maybe like three, four years old. Oh, so you're like an infant. Oh, okay. Um, then after that, there was... I got juvenile arthritis. Which is a fucker. Um, but again, I sort of beat the shit out of that. Mm. And that was probably when I was, again, four, five, maybe. So in quite quick succession. Um, I just remember like not being able to move my joints very much. Can't even imagine that, man. Yeah. Especially at a young age as well, because all you want to do is run around. It's yeah, that's it. So that, that was out, out of the question, like, at the time. Yeah. Um, and again, I was, I was fortunate in the fact I sort of outgrew that. Yeah. Funny, I've just um, um, I've just done a, a search on Kawasaki disease, because I've genuinely never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, it says, Kawasaki disease is a syndrome of unknown cause that results in a fever and mainly affects children under five years of age. It's a form, and again, I'm not very educated, so apologies if I get this wrong. It's a form of vasculitis, where blood vessels become inflamed through the body, throughout the body. The fever typically lasts more than five days and is not affected by usual medications. Interesting. Yeah, pretty, so I've never, genuinely, mate, never heard of it. I think it's one of them that if it's, if it's not treated, it could lead yeah. to longer term. So it basically causes swelling in the walls of your medium-sized arteries throughout your body. Yeah. That doesn't sound great. Nah, like I said, too young to remember. I yeah, remember well, like I said, I mean, yeah. The, the, the saving grace there, as it were, if there is one. Um, like I said, it only affects children younger than five. It's like it ties in with what you're saying, you don't remember it, but... Right, so that's interesting, yeah. mate. I've never fucking... We said Kawasaki, then I was like, what? You, you fucking... Oh, yeah, you're like, but I was like, what was he doing? Was he walking around with a fucking bike helmet on and gloves or what? Just going, vini, vini. But no, mate, no. Said the things you learn. That's why it's important isn't it, to have conversation. Even little something like that. Yeah, I have yeah, fucking no yeah, idea, bro. I'm, I'm still... Like, when people ask me like then, I'm, I'm still not 100% on it all myself. Mm. Um, looked into it a couple of times, but don't tend to dwell. No, no. I mean, I, my thought process with that, especially something so rare, I wouldn't want to dwell on it. 
dwell on that because of how rare it is. It's so yeah, I yeah. I think I would be of uh, the thought of right, okay, I've got over that, and let's just it's one of them, and it don't bear thinking about. It's, it's it's such a weird weird disease that is. I'm definitely gonna look into that more. Yeah, strange one, man. Yeah, um, definitely. And then to be uh, after after the uh, the juvenile arthritis, I had a period of good health, <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, nothing major going on. Uh, then I hit 17, got diagnosed with Crohn's disease or uh, ulcerative colitis. Mm. So it's like uh, your digestive tract can become inflamed. I got mine in my colon. Ooh. Um, and the, the reason <laughs> the reason we found out that I had it um, is my mum thought I had an eating disorder because every time I'd have something to eat, sit down for a family meal or whatever, I'd mm. always go to the bathroom straight after. Right, okay. And then she noticed I was losing weight. And I, I hadn't even connected the dots. And she's like, right, you need to go and see a doctor. Mm. So I think it was just after my 17th birthday, uh, got the diagnosis. Um, I did all the blood tests and they said, look, look, you've either got Crohn's disease or celiac disease. Right. Uh, and c- celiac disease is basically like a gluten intolerance. Ah. But like a legitimate gluten intolerance. Yeah, yeah, not, not a, like, not a uh, fake. No, because my gluten. friends, yeah, because my friend's gluten free, I'm gluten free, one of them. It's not that. Yours is a legitimate yeah, one. Yeah, no, it's like a legitimate like, I remember that, mate. Gluten, so yeah, if we ever meet. Yeah. <laughs> so when we meet up in real life, I know not to take the piss out of you because you genuinely can't have gluten. That's fine. I know, this was a good thing. They said it's either the Crohn's or the uh, the celiac. Yeah. It says of the two, you want celiac because you can just cut gluten out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's all gravy there. Um, whereas Crohn's, it can be a lot more serious. Mm. Um, of course, 17, no gluten. Like there's wheat in your beers. Yep. Like loads of alcohol was suddenly off limits. Bread, pizza, just anything, anything that tastes good. Anything basically. that you want to eat when you're 17. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you're not having it. And then in terms of drink, you can't have beer, so you're gonna have to drink what clear alcohols like rich, like rich women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on the gin. <laughs> That's it. I was like a fancy middle class woman. Only at meat and potatoes and drank clear spirits, man. Just went clear. Yeah, man. Listen, you do what you've got to do. Nothing should stop. If you want to have a drink, nothing should stop it. <laughs> no, that's it. But to be fair, like, that, that wasn't it. And it, it, it turned out it was Crohn's. Mm. Um, and I, I was losing weight rapidly. I think the most I lost in a week was just over a stone. But yeah, that's a lot. Uh, especially for, I'm 6'3", I'm 6'4". Six, six, and like my walking range weight now is about 15 stone. Uh, and I think I dropped down to about eight. Um, wow. That's, yeah. I found out after like, my, like, some of the lads were like, genuinely concerned that I was like, on my way out. Um, I, I was just like skin and bones, genuinely. Mm. For those of you that don't know, like in terms of number references, when Scooby's referring to a pound, uh, a stone, for you people that don't use our, uh, our our metric system, a stone is equivalent to fourteen pounds. So, to lose fourteen pounds in a week, that is not good. I mean, no. 
The only people that I've ever dealt with in my life that are doing that sort of weight loss is fighters. And that's through water, you know, weight cutting from water loading. And even then, you fucking, you are looked at, you are monitored. Like, you know, it's dangerous. So... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... And, and like, point out that even though, like, I do martial arts and stuff, this wasn't, like, excessive exercise that was causing it. Yeah, you, yeah, basically, like, you, you were wasting away. You can, you can tell with people, can't you? You can tell if yeah, someone's yeah. if someone starts going to the gym and they start trimming the fat because you see. I mean, I've noticed it with me since like your face thins out. Mm. You, you feel your t-shirts a little bit better. You, you can see it. It's a slow, you know. It's like chis- yeah. chiseling it away and all the excess shit. But where, like you said, if you're ill, it just boom, boom. No. It just comes off you, and yeah, it's like you've lost all this weight. But it's really, it's not the way to go about it, especially like. With, so with with your Crohn's then scoop, like, is it a day to day thing you have to manage? Do you get flare ups? Uh, look, I'm, I'm fortunate that it's really well managed. It's sort of in remission. Like, I'll, I'll get days where I start to get the stomach cramps every now and again. Right. Um, have you got certain foods that you have you really just avoid just because you know it's not worth what it's going to do to you after? Nah, strangely, like food doesn't seem to affect it. That's good. It's, then. it's literally one of them things. Every now and again, get a little flare up. Um, onto the phone to the hospital, get some of the medication that I need, restart the medication for a bit, and then me personally, I like to come off it as quick as I can. Yeah, I was going to say. So it's not. Um, so if you haven't crumped this side of it, it's not a lifelong medication thing that you have to be on. It's as and when you need it. Not in your for me, case, yeah. In your yeah, your personal case. I mean, I know I know other people that have got Crohn's and they've had to have like colostomy bags fitted, bowels removed, yeah, intestines shortened and stuff. Um, really messed them up. Well, like I say, fortunately, I've I've been lucky that it was only mild in comparison. Right. Um, but like at its worst, I was like the pain was like that bad that I wasn't sleeping for days at a time. Um, and obviously because we've got no calories going in so I just couldn't eat um, no calories going in meant I couldn't do anything yeah yeah you bet you'd be just be too literally too weak unless you've got yeah, nothing yeah, coming in if you've got nothing coming in and you're losing it's you know you're severely depleted aren't you yeah that's it and it, like, I've never experienced anything like it in terms of literally having nothing in the tank to be able to walk like say 100 yards 200 yards yeah man fuck that's I know like people can get out of breath or they get knackered or tired and think oh, I need a rest mm. but it's like physically not being able to do yeah I'd say with that those people they're past the first stage of they can actually get out of the bed yeah 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 whereas with you what you're what I'm understanding what, you, what you're saying is basically you were that depleted and that ill from it it's literally no I'm, I cannot get out of my bed no well that was it it was like pottering about was the the maximum sort of physical exertion I could manage and I, I suppose the reality is it was like I was slowly starving starving to death yeah because yeah oh yeah because if nothing's coming in yeah you're essentially you're eating yourself aren't you yeah yeah fuck um, man that's crazy but yeah once I got on the right medication that, that turned around really quickly mm. um so with that, when you met it, how long have you been relatively, like you've not had a flare up in a while, how long has that been? Uh, I, I'm fortunate that I haven't had a bad flare up for probably about 
six or seven years now. Oh yeah, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, um, there's been times where like, and because I got diagnosed when I was seventeen, so we're talking all fifteen years ago. Mm. You recognise when it's starting to creep back up on you, right? So you can put things in place. Yeah, you can like right. I'm feeling a bit, mm, feeling a bit lethargic, yeah. a bit stomach. I, I know, a bit. I know what I need. Yeah, you know your body better than anyone, don't control. you? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, that was the Crohn's, and again, largely I had another sort of ten years ish of fairly standard health. Oh, Got into the martial arts in a big way, Krav Maga uh, and kickboxing. Uh, and then last year, the the pandemic hit. Yeah. Uh, so I was put on furlough in when was it? In March, back end of March. Yeah. Uh, and then back end of May, late May, I was diagnosed with um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Which is a type of blood blood cancer. Yeah. Um, you you got two types of this lymphoma. You got Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's. Right. Hodgkin's is um, the type that stays within your lymphatic system, and non-Hodgkin's is when it can produce solid state tumours outside of your lymphatic system. Right. Is the way that it's been explained to me. Yeah. No, fair, I can wrap my head around that. No, it seems, yeah. Yeah, so the, the one that I had, Hodgkin's lymphoma, is a lot more treatable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was a whirlwind, man. I, I'd been on antibiotics for this lump that had come up in my neck. Wasn't getting anywhere. Ended up going to a walking centre on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Was seen by um, an ear, nose and throat specialist on the Sunday morning ultrasound, biopsy, CT scan on the Wednesday. Following Wednesday, I got diagnosed. Um, I had a phone call on the, the Tuesday night. The doctor saying, oh, can you come up to the hospital tomorrow? Um, and I, I said, look, oh, have you got the results from the biopsy? And she said, no, we've not got the results yet, but um, you can bring someone with you if you want. And that's when the alarm bell started going. Yeah. Because the whole way through, all these appointments that I'd had in that space of sort of like a week, week and a half, it was make sure you come on your own. Mm. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Make sure you come on your own. You're the yeah. only one that's allowed in. Yeah. But people can't see this because we're recording it on Zoom, but when Scooby was saying that, when he mentioned to have someone come with him, my eyebrow raised straight away because I would have been of the exact same opinion of you. I would have been, I would have thought, hang on, why are you telling me to bring someone? Yeah. To me... That gives the game away a little bit. Did, oh no, definitely. Did it feel definitely. like that for you, and, or? And it did because I, I said to her, um, I says, "Look, well, have you got the results?" And she said, "No, we've not got the results yet. We expect them tomorrow morning." And I thought, "Well, I'm gone." But would you advise that I bring someone? Yeah, you wouldn't. Would, would you? you recommend that I bring someone with me? And she was like, "Yeah, I would." I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah, that's not. And that, that was probably one of the worst points of the whole sort of cancer experience. Is it because... As strange as that might sound. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't know at that point what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be cancer. But, you, yeah. No, I can understand but, that, mate. I can empathise with that. I, I think it's one of those weird ones because where people say it's worth not knowing, but obviously you 
don't know, but you do. Yeah. Because you've been given a clue, and you're not an idiot. You can you can pick up on things that people are saying. Like you said, it's just interesting. As soon as you said that, my eyebrow picked up because I was like, that doesn't sound right. No, exactly. If any, if, yeah, especially to do with your health. Yeah, if, any, if a professional is saying to you, oh, you can bring someone, I immediately, there's something gravely wrong. Yeah, yeah. Immediately. News. I don't give a fuck. And then, and then you just sat there then, stewing. So what was well, that? What was that's that night? It. Tell me about the night before you went, Scoot. What was that like in your head? And what, what were you thinking? Um, well, first thing I did, I went for a drive. Because I hadn't been out of the ice other than to the hospital. Yeah. Because of lockdown. Um, so I got into my car, went on, a, went on a drive for a couple of hours, just driving round. Because um, the thing that bothered me about it was, obviously I've got a son. Yeah. I didn't want him to grow up without a dad. And that's where my mind went to straight away. Um not even from the point of view that uh, I'll miss out on seeing him grow up. Right. It's all, he'll, he'll miss out on having a dad. Yeah. Growing up through some of his most formative years. Yeah. How old is your son now? Uh, he's 10. 10. So, yeah, the, the most yeah, formative. Yeah. <laughs> At this well, point, you know, it, yeah, yeah they're, they're past the point where they're a baby and they don't know who you are. They're past the yeah. point where they're a toddler, where they can't really communicate yet, but they know your dad yeah. and like you said now you, you'd be able to go out and do all sorts of magic I mean when I was 10 I was doing all sorts of my dad you, yeah, yeah that's you, you'd be it. going out fishing yeah stuff. yeah my, you know my dad would take when I was a kid he'd take me to karate and shit like that like it's stuff you do with your dad so I can see and especially like being at 10 that's it's that they're the sort of your last years of childhood moving into teenage moving into the teenager yeah, yeah. and I think well for anyone bro if you take someone's dad out of that you force that child to grow up and kids are forced to grow up pretty quick as it is now anyway. Yeah, we, yeah. we shouldn't really be doing anything if we can to accelerate that. So I can, nah, I can empathise what you're saying. I, with I, that, know, I, I know people myself, I've got friends who lost parents at a young age and it impacts them. Definitely. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, definitely. So I guarantee they'd be a different person if the parent hadn't have died when they did. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was my main concern. Um, and then I went over, saw the missus, hadn't seen her for a couple of months. Went to see the missus. Uh, yeah, and then just went in on the Wednesday morning to see the doctor. Uh, took my dad, was with us. Yeah. Um, he clocked the cancer nurse walking in. I didn't see her walking in, um, and yeah, and they just says, "Well, yeah, you've got you've got cancer, it's a type of blood cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, from what we can see, it's highly treatable. It's not advanced. Um, prognosis is good. Uh, so, like in, in terms of getting the news, it was it was the best bad news I could have had. Yeah." And it, they literally told you like that. They didn't sort of preamble it. They just sort of went in like, listen, this is what's gone on. Yeah. Like you said, then it's treatable. It's to, Yeah, I think I'd prefer that. I think I'd just be, I'd prefer a straight shot. This is none of this, you know, sort of leading into yeah. it. I mean, I, I remember when you told the boys, um, like we said in Scooby's intro, me and Scooby are part of a beard club. Um, I remember when you told all the boys and everyone was like, fuck. Because obviously we hear cancer, any cancer, 
yeah, yeah. Any, any, doesn't matter what type it is. If if you hear it in your med, you think, oh no. Yeah, bad but, move. Yeah, but to be fair to you, mate, like from the very get go, you weren't well. At least with us, I don't know what it was like at home, obviously. But at least with us, you weren't depressed. You weren't woe is me. You were like, right, boys, sorry I've been absent. This is what's happened. Yeah. Um, and to be fair to you, mate, I think I remember you saying even back then. You've got a good prognosis. Um, so I remember you telling the lads, obviously, you're going to lose your yeah. beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the beard's <laughs> going to come off. I'm like, oh, fuck that, man. It doesn't matter. Lose it and grow it back. And then, like, people can't see you now, obviously, because we're just doing audio at the minute. But Scooby has got a beard again now. It's since come back. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's weird to say Scooby. Oh, yeah, it's definitely full back now. Definitely, mate. But, um, yeah, so with, with the lads. I don't know if you picked up on this, but when you told us what had happened, obviously we've been on and on about doing charity stuff for ages. And when you mm. told us that, obviously someone who's been with the club a long time, like me, almost sort of similar time I've been with them now, quite long. You've been there yeah. virtually since the beginning. Um, So there was private discussions I had with some of the officers and it was just like, we have to do something. We were, we didn't know what we were going to do, but we're like, we have to do something for Scoob. Like Scoob's one of the boys. It's not well. We, I, I didn't feel comfortable with it being you and you remember, and a friend. I didn't feel comfortable with us just saying good luck. Uh, yeah. We're going to be there for you. For no, you know what? Fuck that. Let's show him. Yeah. And obviously, Cal, Callum D, our uh, charity officer, organised our run for the month. Uh, we started out with that with a, I thought a lofty goal of five hundred quid. Um, Fucking hell, mate. We smashed smashed the back off that. We ended up with £1,231. Now, admittedly, a big part of the success of that campaign was yourself because one of the best things you did was you decided to join in. Yes. So it was, I believe, the the challenge was run the month, wasn't it? Yeah, run the month for uh, prostate cancer. Yeah. So it was run the equivalent of a marathon. That's it, yeah. Right, of January. Yeah, so obviously Scooby's gone through what he's just said he's gone through, and then, I mean, were you a big runner before this? I don't think I heard you mention no, it. No, I hated running. I hated running. Um, obviously, before before the chemo and the radiotherapy, um, the cancer treatments, I was involved in martial arts and I had quite a good standard of fitness. Yeah, yeah. Way, which put me in good stead for for the treatment, but then. Like the chemo and radiotherapy kicked the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> just, wiped, like, just wiped your reserves out, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was fucked. I, I barely got out of bed for the best part of six months. Yeah, I, I was proper fucked. Yeah, man. Well, like, it makes what you what you ended up doing with the with the the lads and some of the girls from the sister club makes it even that more impressive because. You got out and you ran the miles. I mean, I'm a lazy fuck. I didn't get up and run the miles. You well, got to, to be honest, I remember when the, the message come through, Cal suggested it um, to the group, put it forward to the group that he's thinking about this run the month. And at the time, I was in like a really good mindset, like, yeah, fuck it, take on the world. And it was a couple of more, I think it was probably like late November, mm. mid to late November, he first mentioned it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do it, I'm going to smash it. And then 1st of January rolled round. I put up that I was doing it on social media. 
people started to donate. Yeah. Or pretty much straight away before I'd even done the first run. Mm. And at that point, I thought, oh, shit. I've got to actually do it You've now. got to do it, yeah, bro. <laughs> There's nothing like you know putting I mean? something online. It's, I mean, at the start of lockdown, I did what a lot of people did and I went on this weight 